0: Welcome to another episode of the Overstated NBA Show. Well, we have our good, good friend Adler on. We're going to talk a little bit about Seth Curry's historic Game 7, the Warriors advancing to face the LA Lakers in a game that starts tomorrow. We're recording this on a Monday night, but we just saw James Harden go back in time without Joel Embiid, drop 45 points, 17-30 from the field, 7-14 from three-point range, And the Philadelphia 76ers shock, shock the Boston Celtics at the TD guard in 119-115 and take a 1-0 lead. I would say this is probably the biggest upset slash choke in Boston in a long time for Boston. But they literally, the Boston Bruins, the NHL hockey team, they won the most games in NHL history. The most points in NHL history. They just lost Game seven, they blew a three to one lead to the Florida Panthers and they're out of the NHL playoffs. And then 24 hours later, the Boston Celtics followed
1: it out. Is the curse, Adler, is the curse of that Bambino back? Is the, curse it back? Died, the curse died in 04. It is not back. It is, you know what? If anything, if it is back, it's because they've had 97 championships since 2004 and they deserve a little bit of this. But you know what I'm shocked about more than anything? More, more than Milwaukee blowing a 3-1 lead. You know, more oh, than the Bruins. Or no, Milwaukee b- blowing the series in general, losing in five. Um, more than the Bruins blowing a 3-1 lead. More than, more than Boston losing today. The most shocking thing about this all, Harden, uh, 17 of 30 field goal attempts. Guess how many free throws? Four. Four, Four free throws. Four. That's not the James Harden I know. That's not the James Harden I remember. And that's not the James Harden that I used to not respect. I respect this James Harden. And I was going into this game. I was talking to a good friend of mine. We got some lunch today, and he looks at me, and he goes, he goes, without Embiid, are we sure Philadelphia is even better than that Brooklyn team that just got swept by Philadelphia? Because I, I don't know. I, I I like that Brooklyn team a little bit better than Philly without Embiid. You got to think, like, Harden's reputation isn't that he's a dog. You know, Tobias Harris, his reputation isn't that he's a dog. Tobias well, had a big 3 runner, team, it, He had a big three-pointer tonight, too. It's a shock. It's it's honestly, this is one of the more shocking outcomes of any opening round game that we could have. Do you want to hear a fun stat, Adler? Let's hear it.
0: James Harden, in the entire first round, made nine two-point field goals. Remember how that was a thing? He just couldn't make his layups, couldn't make his float or nothing. Tonight alone, he made 10. In one game, he already beat what he did in four games. That was a vintage, impressive James Harden performance without Joel Embiid. And I am, I'm a little stunned, man.
1: I'm a, you know, I'm a little. You sorry. know who's winning right now? You know who's who's jumping up for joy? The Houston Rockets owner. He saw this. He saw this at the beginning of the year. He said, "I'm getting James Harden back." He said, "I'm going to give him the bag, bring it back to Houston. We're going to do everything we can to get him back." And he's feeling very validated right now.
0: I think I would double down. You know who's very happy right now? Derek Michael's very happy right now. I mean, he <laughs> he is just he's thrilled. He's happy that Boston lost the game because now they can get focused, and we'll we, we'll see what happens with that. I, I thought Philly. Played a really, really sound game. And if they're going to get this from James Harden and Boston is going to get out coached like this, and that was the one thing that I think everybody thought if, if Boston does kind of stumble in the playoffs, it's going to be because of their coaching. But if Philly's going to get this, these kind of performances, they, they got a shot, man. I, I still think that Boston maybe wins in five. I mean, I, I'm not going to lie to you. I was one of the guys coming in that says I think Boston could potentially sweep them. But that was a vintage James Harden performance, man. You tip your hat off
1: to him and you just say, wow, 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 wow. We talked about our concerns about uh, Joe Montserrat on the last pot a little bit too. And, you know, you could be what, – what I see here is, you know, I'm not I'm not a basketball expert. I'm not going to be able to sit here and dissect X's and O's. But one thing you did see, at least throughout the first half of that game, and I think I think it was Charles that that uh, shed a little bit of light on it in the halftime show too, but they're just playing with their food. That's a more talented team. That's a better team. And they clearly played that first half like they didn't give – give an s-word at all like a, a, at all and it's like that's part of is that what they're missing by missing email they're missing that 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 fuck you factor that like so. hey we're gonna go out and we're gonna you know we're gonna hound you all game long they're missing that it doesn't seem like a, a tactical thing that they're messing up on it seems like it's an energy effort and heart deal
0: Let, let's let's double down on that right so i remember when milwaukee won the title and the big thing was pj tucker kind of bought that dog mentality in them right you could say you could make a case that there's not a lot of dogs on the Boston Celtics, and their coach Ime Udoka was the one that was that dog that brought that intensity for them. Because I'm with you, man. I, that that entire first half it was like, does, does Boston even care to play defense? And one thing that is going to fly a little bit under the radar, we'll see when they when these as the the, the the these teams have a little bit of time off here. Playoff Derek White was back in full full effect. Uh, 27 minutes, four points, one of five. Didn't hit a three. He was a team worse, negative 15.
1: That's like NBA Finals, Derek White, right there. That is NBA Finals, Derek White. Um, do you believe because what what I'm what I'm seeing here is I, I I'm with you. I think it's still Celtics in five or six. I think this was a clear, you know, they just didn't have their head up, you know, they had their head up their ass the entire game. Um I see them coming back, but. If Boston doesn't win this year, is it an all-time letdown? Because if you think about the path that they needed to take to get to the finals, it reminds me of the Warriors' path last year, to be honest with you. The Nuggets were hurt. They were no shot to beat us in round one. Uh, Memphis gave us a little scare, but clearly based off this season, that team was not ready. And then the Mavericks' cute story – that's an easy team to negate. You have a heliocentric offense. You just take Luca out. We did that. It was no easy peasy lemon squeezy. You look at Boston. It's the same shit this year. You know, they go through Atlanta. Atlanta had a little fight at the end, but obviously they're not going to do anything. You, you've got a, an embiid list 76ers team that no one really even thought had a finals chance to begin with, maybe conference finals potential. And, you know, if they make it on, they're going to play the Knicks or the Heat. If you were to tell a Boston fan, either at the trade deadline or in the offseason last year, that the only person that you had to go through in the conference finals to make it to the finals is New York or Miami? I mean, maybe a little scared of Miami, but seeing how the way they played this year, why are you scared of that at all? If Boston doesn't make the finals, they have no excuses. They have zero excuses.
0: I, I agree with you, and I would double down and say if they don't win the NBA finals at this point, like I think you have to win it if you're them. We've, we've talked about it nauseum the, the big money decision that they have with Tatum and Brown, but it's never going to be easier for them. Never, never, never. You have Joel Embiid, who's going to win the MVP. He's hurt now. If you want to have a, a discussion about will Joel Embiid's body ever hold up in a 82 game regular season and you know a 16 game playoff run, hey man, I'm all for that debate. That's that's an excellent discussion that probably needs to be had at some point if Joel Embiid is unable to come back this series and they end up do losing. But you have the behemoth, uh, <laughs> the Milwaukee Bucks, the team that plays went to seven games with them last season. That the the Eastern Conference finals that everybody thought we were getting, that team's gone. There's nobody standing in the way of the Boston Celtics. I don't care about Miami. I don't care about the Knicks. I don't care about Philly. Like, they, if they don't win it this year, man, whew, that's going to be a gut punch. That is going to be a huge pressure. gut. And you could make the case, man. And I know, hey, hand up. My team just had one of the worst choke jobs you could in NBA history, right? But those guys won a title. If by, like, you know what I mean? Like, Milwaukee got their title. Obviously I want to win more but they got their title. Boston hasn't gotten a title yet with this group of people and that's got to be a huge gut punch and that might be worse than what happened to Milwaukee this season because I think there's going to be a lot of changes in the Eastern Conference coming up
1: this offseason. What's the discourse if Milwaukee didn't have that 21 title? Let's say let's say that it would 21 be the worst,
0: it would be the worst thing that could ever whatever like the worst how thing much you can imagine in NBA t- terms times it by 10. Yeah. Times it by 10. It, i mean i don't know i, I kind of did a little solo 15 minutes even though they only gave me 15 minutes because then guess it would weird <laughs> with the minutes but like it, it would have been really bad and injuries aside like yeah man it sucks last year middleton was hurt it sucks that i think i think if Giannis doesn't get hurt in game one i think it just threw them for a loop and mentally they were just like they were zapped for whatever reason i, I have no idea it reminded me of kansas city blowing the afc championship game in the second like i I have no idea what Milwaukee's mentality was thinking. Yeah. Like, thank God they got that one two years ago, man,
1: because this, this, this would have been Panic City here. Pan- panic City after the light. Uh, after the news came to light about you know Coach Bud's brother, and you know all respect in the world to that. Do you think that complicates the decision of how to adjust from what just happened in the first round? Because if that news doesn't come out or if it doesn't happen at all, I think it's a pretty clear target, and that's Coach Bud. And I think you're looking for a replacement, but when you have that emotional, you know, not excuse in a negative way, but actual excuse that, you know, having that trauma does affect you and your decisions and your ability to perform at your job. Does that buy him more time? Does that buy him one more season? I think it depends on how they want to look at it. So I'm not going to go too hard on Giannis.
0: I mean, I was at, I was at that game five. He missed a lot of free throws, but you could tell, I could tell in game four, even though he had a triple double, he was hurting and you could tell. For not many people that that watched Milwaukee, his free throw shooting was a very improved this season, for, at least just from a look standpoint. And you could tell after he hurt his back, he added a little hitch to it because he could. I mean, he he was beaten up, man. Again, no excuses, but the dude still had thirty nine and twenty <laughs> in, a, yeah. in in a playoff game. Like I can't get that mad at him. I would have thought that Bud was going to take the fall no matter what because this is still pretty bad no matter how you look at it. But I do think his brother's death like you said man that that's just terrible i can't even imagine what he was going through especially finding that out right before game 4 but i don't think it's a coincidence that in game 4 and 5 especially in the fourth quarter he got out coached like he did and yeah. it seemed i've seen mike boonholzer make some kind of questionable decisions i've never seen him be that bad ever in in his 5 years here in Milwaukee i've never seen him be that bad in those two games and it makes sense i don't know though I I think it all depends what they want to do. I do think to this roster, there's going to be a lot of changes. I don't know if you heard a little bit of my take today. I'm doing air quotes. That's something that I think I could see Milwaukee doing. I I don't know what Chris Middleton's future is here. I do think that they want to get out of his contract, but they want to keep that max salary spot. (laughs) I can't believe I'm saying this, man. I I kind of cringe saying it, but I could definitely see a scenario where they do a sign-and-trade with Dallas for possibly Kyrie Irving. I don't know. Wow. I I, I don't know. Wow. I, I do know that regardless of what happens with Mike Budenholzer with this specific group, their half court offense is just it's just not good enough. And and we've seen it here multiple years of them just kind of you know quote unquote shitting the bed. And when Chris Middleton is on, I mean he's proven that he can be on. They win a title, right? When he's not on, though, it's 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 tough, man. And he looked offensively, he looked fine. Defensively, he looked a little bit cooked. And if he's going to be like that cooked defensively, he needs to have like, you know, some James Harden 45 points game, 45 point games in them to kind of carry them through. And he just didn't have it. Now, I don't know, man. Maybe they just say, Hey, I can't imagine they do this. Maybe they just say, Hey, Middleton was hurt. Giannis was hurt. Let's get them a full off season of just not doing anything. They come back healthy. We see what happens. I have no idea, man. I just hope – I will say it on this podcast, though, so with conviction. I hope Nick Nurse isn't the coach if they decide to move on from Bucs. <laughs> I hope Nick Nurse is not the coach. And all these Bucks fans that think, oh, Nick Nurse, you want to see a bad half – court? just watch Toronto games this year and you'll see just as bad of a half-court offense as you saw in the second half of Game 4 and Game 5.
1: Yeah, I – I Middleton reminds me a lot of what happened with clay last year where the offense came back, but the defense, everyone, I mean, it was clear as day. Everyone was talking about it. He was getting cooked on a lot of plays and he's having this game where you're still sitting there and you like, apologies in the background. I mean, it's my, uh, my dog is trying to wrestle the blanket right now. I love it. There's not I love much it. I can do to stop it. <laughs> um, but clay's having these months, uh, last year, we know he's averaging 20 points a game. He's shooting 40% from three and you're sitting there. You're like, it still doesn't feel right it still doesn't feel like the clay that I remember before going down with back-to-back injuries. And it's not that he, he can't, you know, come back from it or anything like that. Cause obviously I think clay, while he's still not the defender that he was when he was 27, 28, 29, I think he's proven to be a lot steadier than he was last year. And part of that is, you know, they're putting him on more fours or, you know, let's take a little bit away from the the perimeter quickness and at, he's got a little bit of a base strength to him. And I don't understand why Middleton can't follow that same route. Um, and, just like Clay two's of what forty million dollars next year two more years at that what's Middleton's deal two two years forty each he's got he's got, an opt-in.
0: He's got an opt-in for 40 mil but
1: that's so it. That, that brings your trade that you're very limited in what you can do with a sign and trade at that point you know you,
0: you, it, it's got to be so so I think that Milwaukee again I, I would think that their thinking is hey, we want to keep that max slot. I, I'm under the impression man that if Milwaukee wanted Chris Middleton, he would have already signed an extension. A year ago, that's just that's just kind of my mentality. And I think they were smartly wanted to see it, this play out and see how it worked and see how he responded back to injury. And, and maybe maybe he does sign an extension and comes back, and you know, he's his defense comes back just a little bit a little bit better. But I, I still think John Horst. I, I think he's a good GM, but he, he's going to have his work cut out for him. He's got to fix the bench. They got to get some shooting. I'm sorry, man. Uh, Grayson Allen is great in the regular season. I I, I would love Grayson Allen a lot more. Adler, if he played like 10 to 15 minutes a game instead of playing 30 minutes a game, I, I think he would be great and, and spot up duty. You know, we we talked on the last last pod you were on, you know, Dante Vincenzo. Dante Vincenzo until garbage time played five minutes yesterday. You know, like yeah. I, I can't see I couldn't see Milwaukee this season doing that with Grace Nallon. And it was just it was just kind of tough. It is what it is. But let's let's move on to your team, man. I, I just want to give a whole heart congratulations. Welcome to your star player having a, a fifty-point game in a closeout game. Um, Giannis didn't do it in, in, in seven; he did it in six. Hashtag Bucks. Welcome to the club, man. It's it's a beautiful club to be in. That was that was vintage Steph Curry, man. That was awesome. That that was just fantastic. I I tweeted about it yesterday. I think that this was the best first round series I can remember. Maybe somebody has something, but as far as just the inc- excitement. As far as what you guys being an hour away from each other, you had the Draymond theatrics, the Sabonis theatrics. Uh, I think it was De'Aaron Fox's coming out party. But really, man, Steph Curry is just that dude. So you're a Warriors fan. I'll shut up and and give the floor to you, man. What are kind of your thoughts, emotions? Talk to me.
1: I've been trying to think all day about what to say for this. And honestly, there's so many different routes that you can take this in. You You can talk about just how genius that performance was the most dribbles he's ever taken in a playoff game, the most shots he's ever taken in a playoff game, the report about the speech uh, in the bus leading to game seven, you know, if you're not with me, you're against me yep, basically, yep. you know, paraphrasing, but essentially that's what it said. And the fact that that even got leaked, there's not a lot of behind the scenes stuff by Curry that gets leaked. I mean, it's very few and far between uh, unless you go through like Marcus Thompson or something like that. Um, you know, you could think about the scoring titles, the back-to-back MVPs uh, you know the four titles that he's already gotten, the Finals MVP. But like, all of that, all of that at the end of the day, just brings me to sadness because I know that there's going to be a day sooner than later in which Steph Curry's not in the league anymore. And what it's going to do is it's going to cause me to be on YouTube for three hours a day watching old Steph Curry highlights. <laughs> or man, I miss this. I miss watching this. You know, I grew up watching. You know, uh, Speedy Claxton and Baron Davis and you know, the, I don't like just you. and like all these guys that no one ever cared about and no one ever glorified for the right reasons. And, you know, we had one year of Gilbert arenas that actually counted and all that. And so what I'm, what I'm leading to with all of this is, and I started doing this last year at the start of last season, I could feel something was special. And I watch every single game. Like I'm just in the moment, like I'm not thinking ahead when I'm watching them. I'm not thinking about the past when I'm watching them. I'm thinking, what is Steph doing? right now and let me just appreciate this. Let me just remember this moment because this is not just the best player on the Warriors. This is not just one of the top players in the NBA. This is not just one of the top players of our generation. This is one of the top players of all time. And we're getting the Steph Curry that we were robbed from. And I don't even mean that in a negative way because I am a KD supporter and I do not believe his decision was um radish as some people would say. Uh but we were still robbed of prime 29-year-old Curry leading a team by himself to win it all. And I believe he could have done that. And that was a big stain on his legacy leading up to the 22 finals is could he ever do it by himself? Um, and I think I think last year proved that. And I think this year just takes it to a completely different level because you're seeing the leadership on display. Someone, uh, Someone brought this up to me today that I thought was really interesting. And I don't know if it's true or not. I'm not saying it's true, but I think it's just a really interesting angle that I didn't think of before. But you go back to the punch between Draymond and Poole, and the narrative is always the same. It's they're fighting because they're both the ones that are getting talked about with a contract extension. Poole's trying to take Draymond's money. Uh, Draymond is trying to prove that he still belongs and that he's, uh, you know, the key catalyst to all these championship runs. They're yep. probably talking too much shit to each other. Poole, some, Poole probably said something snarky. You know, he, he seems like the kid to type of do that. And Draymond probably hit him. But what about this? What if Poole was talking shit to Steph? What if Poole was going, hey, do you remember what I did last year when you sat? Hey, do you know that max money that I'm just about to get or 30 plus million? Hey, do you see what I do when I'm in the starting lineup? I'm going to come for you one day. I'm coming for you one day. And Steph means so much to that franchise and so much to Draymond and so much to Klay. And Draymond clearly is sensitive about protecting his guys. What if Draymond stepped up and said, no, that's not happening right now? And then they got into a little verbal argument because, I, I don't know, man, you just, to this day, the details of why they fought are never going to come out. And it was just so shocking to watch that at first and it had such a negative effect on the season that it's like, it can't just be because of extension money. You know, Draymond's made his money. Draymond's rich. Draymond doesn't, need, he's got generational wealth. Like, why would Draymond, who just won a championship with pool be anything but happy for Jordan Poole making money? It, it doesn't quite add up. I'm um, loving
0: I'm loving this Warriors conspiracy talk. I'm, just, I'm loving just
1: loving it. Conspiracy Adler, just putting my hat on real quick because you're, it's just, like, you're just
0: putting your hat on just any I type put of my hat on here.
1: <laughs> and, and you look in the press conference like like I, I predicted this. I looked at my roommate before the game ended yesterday, and I said in the press conference, Clay is gonna say, say some iteration of Man, I'm just so grateful to play with a guy like Steph. And that's what he did. He did said that. Think,
0: did, I was hoping that I was hoping that Clay was just going to throw up. Man, I got four championships. I just hope, <laughs> I was hoping he was just going to throw up the four.
1: And for the for the in the No Warriors fans, he's going to hit a little paper plane at the end too.
0: Yeah, always, always man. He loves he loves
1: loves loves man uh, making those yeah. paper airplanes. But I mean, honestly, yeah, it just <laughs> just to go back, it's just a it's a thankfulness, it's a gratefulness, it's a living in the moment, it's a this is this is magic, this is Bird, this is Jordan. This that's what we're seeing right now. This isn't some multi-time all-star. This is a Hall of Famer in the flesh who is getting better year after year after year and doing it the right way. Um, I I I just I'm at a loss for words sometimes when you think of his legacy. It's just it's solidified. There's no question. There's zero question about what he meant to the NBA, what he means to Warriors fans, what he means to the organization. It's it. It's solidified. It's.
0: I think what's what, what's from a non-Warriors fan. I, I love Steph. He is – him and Dame Lillard are my two favorite non-Buck players, and and they've been that way for a while. But you just – I mean, dude, you – he's in that conversation now. Is it Magic or Steph for the greatest point guard of all time? Like it's – the way this dude, like you said, carries himself. And I know they won those rings with KD, man, but just going off of what your point said, like what if KD never went there and Steph just had more games like this, right? I mean, I I think any – I don't think the necessarily the casual fans probably saw it too much when Kevin Durant was with the Warriors, but I think the people that really watched the NBA knew that hey, Steph is everything to that team. When Steph's not playing, they're actually a worse team than they are as it with KD not playing. And it's just incredible, man. Like yesterday was just incredible. I and mean, we had—I I mean, I'm kind of joking about it. I—I I, I like Clay. I think Clay's a special player, but he—he he hit four threes. That was it four we're throwing up the four rings like stuff for them to win that game like stuff had to do that this wasn't like i know the final score you know they won they won by double digits there and it kind of got away from sacramento in that fourth quarter but it, it was a close game throughout and i'm i don't if stuff doesn't have that kind of game i don't know if golden state wins i i, I really they sure don't won't.
1: they don't they don't at all it's factual it's it's kings moving on is it's we got lucky I'm not going to lie. I really like that Kings team. I really think that they deserve more than a first round exit, even though it was universally accepted as one of the best first round series we could ever have. I mean, I don't think anyone's disrespecting their player or anything like that, but I, I wanted the Kings to at least make round two. And I was saying it for a long time. I think just from a pure NBA standpoint, not a viewership, not a Homerism, but just a pure NBA style, Denver Sacramento would have been one of the best West finals matchups that we could have had. You got Jokic versus so- uh, Sabonis. you've got Murray versus Fox. Like I had all the makings of these centers are going to all average triple doubles during this entire series. So uh, all the respect in the world to the Kings. Steph Curry is a one of one. And it's the only reason we won outside of, I mean, there's obviously other contributors, but I mean, we're, we're a borderline playing team without Steph, even with all the other depth we have, even with clay, Draymond, Looney pool, I think borderline AC nice seed. And with Steph, you're a finals contender.
0: Yeah, man, I, I agree. It's historic Steph game. Now you play the Lakers. It's a home game. We're recording this on a Monday night, as I said earlier. This game is tomorrow already. What yeah. are kind of your, your, before we jump around to some of the other NBA stuff, what are kind of your preliminary thoughts on this series right. coming up?
1: My thoughts are the regular season doesn't mean shit. I will never take the regular season seriously again. You had a dubs team that did not put 1% of seriousness into this regular season. They fucked with their starting lineup for the entire season. There was no continuity. They're resting guys left and right. There's guys getting hurt left and right. And they went 11 and 30 on the road. Historically bad. I think, I mean, I'm not going to cite this stat as 100%, but I'm fairly certain that's the worst road record for any defending champion in the history of the NBA. So then you come into the playoffs and they win two games on the road against a team. That's the three seed. I mean, they don't give, they don't give a shit about the regular season anymore. And they shouldn't going into this. And I think the Lakers are in a very similar boat. I mean, the Lakers knew let's just make some adjustments at the trade deadline. All you got to do is make the plan. Once you make the plan, it's all, you know, it's, it's all hands off deck. It's LeBron, it's AD. And let's, it's, let's figure this out um obviously LeBron versus Curry that's number one and you know LA plays a lot of drop coverage I think you can't do that against Curry and you can't do that against Clay and you can't that's how JP is going to cook if we're going to have any good JP game it's going to be against drop coverage with the Lakers but AD has the ability to come up and switch and that's always the Warriors Achilles heel is a I mean that's what that's what Houston did in in 18 to 19 you know you you come in and you switch every goddamn thing and that's going to give the Warriors some trouble um I don't know what's going to happen with D'Lo. I don't think D'Lo is a factor in this series. And if he is a factor, he's going to be a negative factor. He's not going to guard Clay. He's not going to guard Steph. He can't guard Wiggins. I guess he could guard JP for a little while. So I think you're going to see a lot of Dennis Schroeder. Um, and little little quick, fiery guys like that, You know, we hate playing those guys. Curry hates playing those guys. And it's not that you can't perform well against them. Obviously, he's figured all that stuff out. He's seen everything. He's a, he's a Hall of Famer. But those guys give us issues dennis schroeder is going to give curry as much issues as dennis schroeder gives lebron because when you watch that team play they hate Dennis <laughs> schroeder. It's, it's so funny it, it's the funniest thing but darvin ham loves him loves him and plays him big minutes and i think you're going to see him get big minutes this game i don't know what the lakers are going to do with vanderbilt he feels a little too i don't know if raw is the right right word but he feels like he doesn't have the the basketball IQ and ability to hang with a guy like Draymond. He's not big enough to hang with a guy like Looney. So I guess if you're going to see Vanderbilt on anyone, it's going to be to try to shut down Wiggins. Because one of the things that I don't think a lot of people are talking about is Wiggins took two months off. Yeah, Two months off, came back game one of the playoffs, and he's back to, what is he, an everyday steady, besides game seven when he had a really bad shooting night, but he's like 18-6. and six, Really good defense, lots of blocks, shutting He's down back. Fox. He's back, and it took almost nothing. I mean, dude, if I go run a mile right now, I'm going to be out of commission for the next week, like straight up. Like, And Wiggins is just going back into a playoff game. So it's like if you want to shut Wiggins down, put Vanderbilt on him. Um, I, someone was talking – I think I think they were talking on the low post of game about how how Looney is just getting all of these boards and it's how he boy, did this. It's boy, man. Milwaukee's but, own. Milwaukee's, Milwaukee's is own. Just I'd put a goddamn statue up of that guy. I swear to God. Twenty-one um,
0: rebounds. Twenty-one rebounds.
1: Three games of twenty-plus rebounds. It's just unheard of. Um, and we drafted Wiseman. We, uh, anyways. Um, he, he does this thing where I he like kind of, Detroit. yeah. <laughs> he he kind of leans over the opposing player. It's almost a little bit of an over the back, but not. It's it's one of those sneaky kind of high IQ vet moves, and it doesn't allow Sabonis to jump up. Now, the problem is is Sabonis is essentially the same height and same wingspan as Looney or else really much in that same box. AD is physically superior. He's a taller, longer athlete. Um, and I don't know if Looney is going to be able to secure those boards in this series the same way that he did against Sacramento or, to be honest, the same way he could against um, like a Phoenix or something like that. Um, so I, I don't know. This is the one series like if we were going up against Phoenix right now, I'd have no issues. I I think that team is very beatable. I think they need one offseason to actually get their roster geared up. I think Denver is exploitable. I think they have a really good team. I think they've got a lot of really interesting pieces. But Jokic has proven years after year after year that in the the playoffs on defense, he's exploitable, straight up. Um, So this Lakers team is honestly, I think, the biggest challenge to the path to the finals.
0: You're leaving one thing out, though, that I was kind of hoping you were going to bring up, and that's Mr. D'Angelo Russell.
1: I I, I, have like a feeling, I have a
0: feeling that the Golden State can really really exploit this matchup with him. I don't know how much how much revenge factor. I mean, this is kind of the the ex Warriors revenge tour, huh? I mean, Harrison Barnes, Sacramento, <laughs> DeAngelo Russell, <laughs> the Lakers. I think this is going to be a tough matchup for him. I I I really really do. I think LeBron will be he'll do he'll do LeBron things. I don't know if Kevin Looney, I think he can slow down AD just enough. We'll see how much Jared Vanderbilt plays. I think you know, he, he could be a factor in this series against Draymond. It's going to be a fun series, though, man. If you were to ask me three months ago if I thought this would have been a fun series, I probably would have puked all over myself after like my 15th shot just to get through it. But here we are three months later, like you said. The, the Lakers absolutely nailed the trade deadline. Golden State seems to be clicking at the, at the right time here. I know. I know that we didn't think they would be, but they are. This is a fun series, man. This is a very, very fun series coming up.
1: Uh, I think it was something like the Lakers started the year two and eight, and the Warriors started three and seven. Lakers finished like forty-one and thirty, and the Warriors finished like. F- 40 and 31 or something like that. Like something, there's a really, really similar trajectory to the two seasons right now. This is a big wing matchup game. I think Hachimura is going to play a big role into this, especially guarding Wiggins. And I think if the Warriors are going to win, you're going to see three Kaminga games and at least one to two Moody games. And I don't mean it in the sense of they're going to come in and drop 30 or drop 25, but you're going to see them doing the dirty work, playing that wing perimeter defense, hitting open threes and cutting to the basket at the right time to try to negate a guy like a Hachimura or a Vanderbilt um, or even Austin Reeves. Um, So I think this is a big wing matchup playoff series, whereas I think against Sacramento is really heavy on the guards, which is why you saw a lot of GP two. I think if you're going to go out there and you're going to put D'Lo out there, I think this is going to be a big Dante series too. Oh, Dante can guard great. a guy like D'Lo big time. And Dante can guard a guy. I mean, he's going to have a little bit more trouble against the Dennis Schroeder, but he can still guard a guy like that because the difference between Schroeder and Fox and Monk is about five inches of height straight up. Um so I'm looking for a big Dante series. I'm looking for really good roll minutes out of Kaminga and Moody, and I'm really, really interested to see what they do to negate AD and his presence. Just overall, are you going to drag him out? Are you going to say, okay, we're going to play switch defense? Cool. AD, come out to the perimeter. No one's inside now. You know, um, and that—that's what I see happening.
0: If I, if I, okay, so let's let's just go right now. Let's put all our cards on the table. Take your homer hat off. Just be be a regular NBA fan. Do you think the Warriors beat the Lakers?
1: I think it's, I mean, man, I'm never going to be able to fully take my hat off, but I think it's, it's a very even matchup. I think it's seven games either way. And I'm going to pick the dubs because uh, going back to the regular season don't mean shit. We are now getting home court advantage in the second round of the playoffs as the six seed. And so if you're going to give me home court in a seven game series against two teams that I think are incredibly evenly matched, I'm going to take the home team. And that's the dubs in this situation. Now, if you were to tell me, so if you're going to tell me that, you know, uh, the Lakers have the home court advantage in in uh, crypto arena, um, then I, I think the dubs are in trouble. Um, I think, you know, they're going to win one game on the road, but that's a really good Lakers team. And that's a Lakers team that with LeBron. I mean, if anyone's going to beat Curry, it's going to be LeBron.
0: Yeah, man, I'm going to go. I think it's going to be the Warriors in six. I think I think they're feeling it right now. I think that that Laker matchup, while I respect the Lakers and I've been you know, leading the bandwagon of how good they were after the trade deadline and how mo- good of moves that they made. I just think that that Memphis matchup was a perfect matchup for them, especially when you have the knucklehead Dylan Brooks talking smack, to, talking smack to the Lakers. Steven Adams didn't play in that series. And Jaron Jackson Jr. had a very very weird tweet today where he said, you know, thank you Memphis with a heart. I, know, I
1: saw that. What was that all about? Maybe
0: that was just great season and he's moving on. But I, I can't imagine Memphis would be moving on from that guy, or maybe he, you know, wants to trade or whatnot.
1: I just and think- if they are, why is that coming out this early? <laughs> Super weird. Wouldn't that wouldn't that be leaked? You know, a couple weeks after the finals end or something like that. Maybe kind of gearing up towards draft time. The timing's weird. The wording's weird. You know he's going to come out to you and just say something dumb like, oh, I meant that because my U-Haul movers were really nice. And I said, <laughs> see you next time or something. You know you know how they all do this bullshit. Oh, um, I love it. That was really weird. And uh, I think we could dedicate an entire episode of the podcast just to what's going to happen in Memphis. We could dedicate a whole episode of the podcast to
0: is Dylan Brooks on an NBA roster next season? <laughs> Does anybody even want to deal with yeah. that baggage? Because that was that was pretty pathetic, you know. I saw a bunch of things on Twitter. Hey, Pat Bev would have st- stood there after the game at his locker and been like, "He just went like, all right, man, they were the better team today. We'll get the, we'll get them next year.'" Dylan Brooks just whoosh, leaves the locker room, doesn't speak with the media. Soft, soft, yeah, very soft, charm, charm and soft, like the Boston charm Celtics
1: were tonight. You hear that, Derek? Like the Boston <laughs> Celtics were tonight. So you got dubs in six then. So you, I think, do, I you think? I do. Are I they going to split? Are they going to split on the road? Take the first two at home. It's possible. I, I just think, man, like Wiggins, like you said,
0: Wiggins has not missed a beat. This is so. This is the hardest podcast I've ever had to do because we're on video right now and Averke's playing with his dog and it's completely <laughs> distracting me. It's the funniest <laughs> thing I've ever seen in my entire life. I just really want to just shut, shut up and watch this and I can't stop laughing. I, I, I just think that Wiggins is on fire right now. He came back at the perfect time for them. He hasn't missed a beat. Steph looks like he's in the zone. And the wing depth that they have, I mean, we talked, you know, Moses Moody had a really good game in one of those, I think games one or game two or in game three, I can't remember. And like I said, you can get a, a Moody game. You can get a Kamingan game. You can get a Dante game and they, they can easily win you a playoff game. And I think that's going to happen. I love their wing depth. And if Kevin Looney keeps playing like this, man, I mean, he can really give Anthony Davis problems. I mean, this is, this is a real thing. Like I, for the, the casual NBA fans that don't know this, like Kevin Looney is an NBA champion, and he does Kavon. all, Kavon. all Kavan Looney. Sorry, he does all all the dirty work for the Warriors. He he's he's the unsung hero of that team. They do not win this series without him. His defense on Sabonis was unbelievable, along with Draymond, and I, I just think Golden State is locked in. I don't think they go to the NBA finals, though Adler. I mean, we will have you on again later on to, to discuss that, but I do think they win this series.
1: So do you think that it's it's Nuggets over Warriors Conference Finals? I do. I just, do you really think Denver is that much better? I, Give me Denver
0: thoughts. It, it just goes back to, I think this conference is really weak this season. Phoenix, I mean, you and I talked about it when, the, the first time we had you on. I don't even know if that podcast was released or not because we had some technical difficulties. I, I think Phoenix is a year away. They just, those three guys are going to play a ton of minutes this series. They've already... If I was Kevin Durant's coach, I can tell you if Mike Boonholzer was his coach, like Kevin Durant's minutes would not go above 30 minutes a game in in, in the regular season. And they ride that dude and ride that dude and ride that dude. I mean, just to put away the Clippers in five games, those dudes were playing over 40 minutes a game. 43, 44, that's how bad the depth is on that Phoenix Suns team. And Monty Williams doesn't trust any of them. I think playing in this high altitude, I think it just suits Denver. I, I really, really do. I mean, we saw the Jamal Murray game already in game one. I just think they're going to wear teams down. I think Golden State as good as they are, if they do, let's just say they do get past the Lakers, I think they're going to get a little bit tired. And I just think Denver, man, I think it's I think it's Denver's year, dude. I really really do. Like I I think they went through their their downturn at the right time, kind of, you know, in that near the end the end of the NBA season, everybody was down on them. Y'all, he had all the the Jokic and beat stuff and Bede's going to win the MVP. I just think there's something about this Denver team, man, and it's it's a weak – put that in with a weak conference. They have home court advantage. I, I don't see how anyone is going to beat them, barring an injury from Denver.
1: I see this Lakers team beating them. I think if the Do Lakers beat so? the Warriors, I think you've got AG who you can put on LeBron, and at the very least, physically, he he is a good matchup with him. I mean, you've got two dudes, 6'9", 250, who are just you know quick as can be. Um, and I think AD negates – Nikolai in a way that he's not going to face, even if he makes the finals with a Horford or a Time or something. He's just, he's a different beast. He's just a straight up different beast. Now against the Warriors, I've been, I've been shitting on Denver a lot leading up to this, this series here. Um, I watched Denver the last couple years in the playoffs, and it just seems like once you get to a certain level, Jokic is limited defensively. Um, And I'm not going to necessarily waver off of that. Having said that, this is the most complete team that he's had going into a playoff series run. Um, I think, you know, Murray has the potential to be a guy who can keep up with Steph. Um, I think Gordon can negate a Wiggins and a Clay. I think he's big enough to. I think he's quick enough to. So, you know, as we lead up to it, I'm a little bit more nervous. But I think I honestly think that L.A. is the team to beat. In general, wow. I think over Phoenix, I think over the Dubs, I think over Denver. And I think to go on your point with Phoenix, I'm not even going to fault them if they lose. They weren't prepared do, yeah. to, to go to, to the clear. finals this I year know. when they made that trade. Yeah, this- And it was, this was to make the finals next year. That's yes. what that trade was. Yes. And, and possibly Please the year, year after that and everything. They need an offseason to fill out their roster and fill out their vet minutes and get their buyout guys and really figure out who they are leading into next season. Um, if they do that, watch out. But this isn't the year. Yeah,
0: I agree. Maybe get a new point guard too. Um, well, dude, it's it's an issue, man. If you look at his contract, I mean, they they got some decisions coming up here, and he 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 had some questionable games in that that Clipper series, and we'll kind of see as this series continues to move on. They're playing right now. I think Denver is winning at the end of the first quarter. Yeah, they're man, up-
1: could you imagine Chris Paul and Luca playing together? Oof.
0: <laughs> <laughs> with, with, with Chris Middleton? Uh, who knows?
1: Uh,
0: <laughs> the, the, the Laker thing that you brought up is a good point, but I just go back to LeBron is Superman, right? I mean, this yeah. isn't a shot at LeBron, but I am a little bit – he looked gassed in that Minnesota game, in that play game. And there was a couple times during that Memphis Grizzlies series where he looked gassed. And yeah. I know we, it was a you know big to-do that you know, Austin – Reeves carried the team a little bit. I thought Anthony Davis was incredible defensively. I thought he was eh on offense, but defensively he was—he he took it to another level. I just man, Denver, Denver can score on you. And like I said, I, I'm just wondering—I would not be surprised if the Lakers win. But I am just wondering how much we should be buying into the Lakers right now, just based on it was just uh, that matchup for Memphis was terrible. It was just terrible for them. They, they, it would—I I can't get over that. We'll see how this series plays out. I, I definitely wouldn't be shocked if I was eating my words and the Lakers come out and beat the Warriors in six or maybe seven. I, I, just, I just question this matchup and then the matchup coming up because both these teams are going to run. The Warriors and the Nuggets are going to run, 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 run. And six, seven games of that, I, I, just, I think it's going to take its toll on them.
1: My counter to that is I don't think it matters as much as it we traditionally think with a LeBron-led team. Because I'm not saying you're wrong by any stretch of the imagination, but what the Lakers did this this trade deadline is they prepared for a series like this. You know, yeah, LeBron yeah. doesn't have to be quarterback LeBron for all 48 minutes. He usually is, but he doesn't have to be. And they picked up a lot of young guys, a lot of young wings, who if LeBron doesn't want to go up and down the floor for 99% of the game, he wants to pick and choose his spots. He's got Reeves, Hachimura, Vanderbilt. He's got guys to do it for him, right? Um, and I don't think he had that in years past. I don't think he had that in the first half of this season. So I think that narrative sticks a lot. Because you're right, Memphis, he was looking gassed against Memphis. He absolutely was. But Lakers prepared for that. And I think that's really the big difference here. So if you want to run with them, I think they're going to say, cool, go run. Go run. Like, we we can do that. We can do that all day with you. And if you want to go big, I can't believe they're not playing Mo Bamba as much as they haven't. I mean, that feels like a guy who just fits 12 to 15 minutes perfectly in a playoff series when 80s on the bench. And it doesn't make sense to me. Um, I think you're really also going to see what is Darvin Ham. You know, as we get deeper and deeper into the playoffs, more and more matchups have to, you know, get figured out more and more adjustments have to get made. And you're not just playing. I I guess you got LeBron on your side. So, you know, you kind of delegate to him there. But we're going to see just like with Joe Mozzarella, like, are you a real coach? Are you a real guy, or are you just co-writing a really good roster?
0: Well, I think we know the Boston one. That is, that's a fact. <laughs> that is, I, I hate to say it. I'm going to sound like a hater. Trust me, I'm not hating. I, I, that roster is really freaking good.
1: Really. really so, so, good. so, what we're thinking ultimately is conference finals, Western, Denver, Warriors. I'm obviously going to take the Warriors in that. I'm sure you're going to take Denver in that. And I'm sure the the betting would, I, I'm sure it's going to be fifty. I don't care. I, I literally do not care. I mean, to, to be honest oh, with it's you, right. I would, I would, it's all good. I would. But what I would I'm prefer, saying
0: is, I would prefer Golden State just because of Looney and Dante, and obviously, obviously Steph. But more so for those guys, like I, I wouldn't. I would like to see Golden State. Yeah, I I, I would. I, I think it would be awesome for Steph. I think there's no doubt then that he's the greatest point guard of all time, top ten player. Anything that you want to say is is yes when it when it comes to him. I just I, I think that this is Denver's year—not to necessarily win the NBA Finals, but to get to the NBA Finals. How do you feel Denver matches up with Boston? Well, I think Boston's going to have to get there. Uh, like, true. Like, I'm I'm kind of like half joking. It's sad we have to say that. Yeah, it is. It is because I think the coaching for them is that bad. And if Jimmy Butler's ankle somehow heals, and Boston has to play that team, like Utah, obviously caveat Boonhols Eric Spolstra is going to run circles around Joe Missoula. Yeah. Fuck, man. His assistant, Chris Quinn, could run circles around Joe Missoula. Like, it, it's going to be bad, man. It, it's it's going to be very bad. And we've talked about this variance with Boston all season long. When they make their threes, they look like they should go 82-0. and When they don't make their threes and they do this dumb shit and turn the ball over, it's rough. I mean, if you go back and watch that Atlanta series, which I don't blame you because why would you want to? All they were doing was doing <laughs> drop coverage on Trey Young. All they were doing. It was just lazy defense by them. They're too good to be doing that. And they did it again tonight against James Harden, and James Harden cooked them. I would hope that they would adjust. But I mean, if you're going to get games like this from Derek White, I mean, James Harden outscored both Tatum and Brown in the fourth quarter 15 to 10. Like that, that can't happen. And look, this could all be just we're reacting to game one, and Boston comes in and, and wins the next four games. I would not be surprised if that happened at all. But it's losses like this that make you question, like, what is this team doing? Like, is, is, is this, does this team realize that Milwaukee's, Milwaukee's done, man? <laughs> like, Milwaukee's not there, dude. This should be a cakewalk. The red carpet has been laid out for you. You have to take advantage of it. I do think Boston's ultimately going come, to come out of the East. But I would think ultimately Boston wins. If if you're if you're putting me on the spot, I I just think that they have their wing depth is it's too good, man. Like like Tatum and Brown are too good, but Denver can score too. And if they're going to be throwing out, if Boston's going to be throwing out Al Horford against Jokic, good luck, man. Jokic is going to cook him. I mean, Al Horford's going to he's going to hit a couple threes. Maybe he's going to hit a big three, but Jokic is going to have a field day with that. And Jamal Murray, if if Marcus Smart and Derek White, I mean, Marcus Smart looks like he's been. He's a little, lost a little bit of a step on defense. I, I feel fully comfortable Jamal Murray taking Derek White, at least offensively. I, I don't worry about that at all. Michael Porter Jr. is a bucket. Aaron Gordon can go off at any time. Like this, Denver's no slouch, not at all.
1: And to your point uh, with the three-point shooting, Celtics tonight, 10 of 26. Yeah. Not yeah. going to get it done. Yeah. Not going to get it done when that's and,
0: and, and people will follow that up and say, well, dude, they only lost by three or four. Well, okay. They still lost. Like the variance is
1: that that great with this team for whatever reason. So uh Nick's Heat, we haven't touched on this very much at all. How are are you are you surprised that the Heat pulled out game one? Do you think that they are going to run circles around New York? I personally was shocked. Uh I I, I texted a friend of mine before that game started, and I said there is no way that Miami should come out of this a winner. Just no way. I was surprised. Great story. Butler's awesome. You can't have a team with that lack of depth move this far into the playoffs and keep thinking that they're going to do it.
0: And here's the thing, because I'm glad you asked me this, because this goes back to the Milwaukee series. If this team was going to be shooting like this, even if they shot like this from half the regular season, they probably would have been the fourth seed or the fifth seed. Like, how the fuck is Kyle Lowry? Kyle Lowry had 18 points yesterday. he, He was three for six from how Kyle, I haven't seen Kyle Lowry play this good, what, week and a half stretch of basketball in two years. Two years. Now, I think Duncan Robinson kind of came back to earth. He only played 12 minutes. He was 0 for 5. At the end, at the end of that Milwaukee series, I believe he had the best true shooting percentage in the entire playoffs for anybody. Yeah, If Vincent had 20 points, he's still shooting out of his ass. I just I, I don't know where this team was for the majority of the regular season. I, I, I really don't. I do expect the Knicks to tighten it up a little bit, especially if Jimmy Butler's gonna be hurt. I mean, everyone saw him that ankle. I, I I just don't know if they can keep this up. I fully expect the Knicks to come out tomorrow. Maybe probably kind of put the hammer down on them a little bit. But I if if, if this shooting doesn't come back to the norm,
1: I I, I have no idea, man.
0: I, I'm I'm literally at a loss for words with this team. It
1: it, it and is Josh, it, it's it's our on this a little bit. He was basically saying, you know, we make we make two, three more threes. It's a completely different ball game, And you're looking at the box score, and he's absolutely right. I mean, New York shot 7 of 34 as a team. That's 20% from the three. Meanwhile, Miami's sitting at 13 of 39. That's 33%. Not much better. But, I mean, that is a – I mean, they basically doubled up uh, yeah. New York three-point shooting. I mean, straight up. And, and you got guys – like, Josh Hart's not going to go or 0 of 4 from the three every game. Brunson's not going 0 of 7. Every single game, you're going to, you're going to have that regress back to the means here a little bit, but at brother, the same time, just, just, just to interrupt you, man, I thought the same thing in the Milwaukee series and it never regressed back to the mean. I was going to say, it never keep regressed saying back. that after every single game and it doesn't happen. And you have to think like in the playoffs, does that all go out the window? It, it might, man. Because I, I, I,
0: like, Literally, dude, I'm at a loss. Miami absolutely deserved to win that series. I'm just, where was this for 82 games? They were the one seed last year.
1: Where, where, they were the one seed.
0: How, I want to know, how did Atlanta bull rush them in the play-in game? What, what, after they got bull rushed by them in the playoffs last year. I, I'm absolutely – I've never seen anything like this. And it's just like, yes, we can we can continuously talk about how Milwaukee shot themselves in the foot, yada, 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 yada. But Miami shot the shit out of the ball. It was just, what, what is going on here? Jimmy Butler never – Shoots threes. All of a sudden, dude, he's like a 40,
1: 45% three-point shooter. What what the, what the fuck are we doing here? What, does, uh, it play, does it play into what I was saying about the Warriors? Of, does the regular season, like, does it really matter the way it used to? Because I don't think it does anymore. Not with the play-in.
0: I, I don't. I don't. And I, I said that last year. Everyone made a big deal about Milwaukee losing game seven and how they wanted that one seed. Well, they, they conveniently forget that Milwaukee had a chance to close that series out in six games at home. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I don't think – I think more so than anything, health matters. And are you getting hot at the right time? I think we're starting to see a little bit of a – obviously, it's completely different with the seven-game series. But we're starting to see a little bit of like a NCAA March Madness. Who's getting hot at the right time? I think I think we're seeing that. You know, you go back to – obviously, this is a small sample size. But you go back to last season, Boston has this unbelievable run, right? I think, what, at the middle of January, they were a 500 team, something along those lines. They go on a run. Miami just started this run. Who knows when this is going to end? Milwaukee went on a run uh, from, you know, the end of January to, what, uh, March 1st where they didn't lose a game, right? Philly went on a little bit of a run there. I I think, to me at least, it's starting to look like if you get hot at the right time, who who knows what could happen. The Lakers got hot at the right time, right? Golden State got hot at the
1: right time. I'm at a loss, man. Like, I've never seen about this. It, it not to interrupt, but like you see this in every other sport. We talked about the Bruins today, you know, uh, that Florida team just got hot. You know, you talk about in baseball. I'm a Bay Area fan. I root for the San Francisco Giants. We won in 10, great 12. In great game. looking manager, man. Great looking manager. Great, great looking manager. Uh, they had a different guy back then. But point being, we were never the best regular season team. You sneak into the playoffs and you get hot at the right time. You look at football; that happens every single playoffs. Look at the two uh, uh, Super Bowls that the New York Giants won; they were never the best team in the regular season. You just get hot right at the time. Look at the one that Baltimore Ravens won in two thousand. What was that? Thirteen. I mean, you just get hot at the right time. But basketball—that's never the case in basketball. Basketball is always the best team wins out of a game, out of a, out of a best of seven series, and that almost brought some purity to the game that no other sport has. And we i think—we're finally seeing that facade crumble. Um, and I don't think it's necessarily because the best team's not winning. I think it's because the best team is not trying. I think I think I think historically every team really tries their hardest during the regular season to get the best seed possible. And you're not seeing that anymore. And it's it's causing confusion in how we value some of these teams. And I think it's why that whole narrative of the Miami zombies started coming up because we we're saying their their record doesn't match their pedigree. Their record doesn't match what we know about them. You saw that the war with the Warriors, the Lakers, it's like I think we're going to come into an era of basketball where we have to throw out the way that we valued the seating compared to how we've done it historically in the past leading up to this, because I think it's, I think it's anything can happen at this point. And that was never the case in the NBA throughout my entire life leading up to this.
0: You know what it really is though, man, I'm so happy because we're finally here. I think parody has finally come to the NBA. I I really, I really truly believe that and we keep, I think this generation of players are so unbelievably good, so unbelievably great that they're just not going to dominate like how players in the 80s or 90s did because the competition is so good. I I, 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 I truly, truly believe that. The, the, this parody thing is real. I've been wanting it to come to the NBA forever because anything can happen. Anything can happen. And, and <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, Milwaukee losing. We have the number two seed Memphis Grizzlies losing. We have the number three seed Sacramento Kings losing. Like this isn't in any other NBA era. This isn't supposed to happen. And mm-hmm. here it is happening. And I don't think it's going away. I think the end, the talent in the league is too good. I think it's going to, we have an, another draft class coming up. That's going to be really, really good. That's just going to add more and more depth to the league. I think we're in the truly, truly the, the golden age of the NBA, man. And it's
1: so, so fun to watch. I think, You're going to start seeing a lot more of these upsets. At what point? At what point is extension? Obviously, you know, expansion is already inevitable. But at what point are we forced into it? Because this isn't going to stop. I mean, these dudes coming out of out of college, AAU overseas. I mean, we're at a point now where like but you started seeing this in the early 2010s where all the mixtapes are coming out. But what you're seeing is the star players, the Stephs, the LeBrons, you're actually seeing what makes them successful behind the scenes. And you're getting access to that as a 10, 11, 12 year old playing AAU ball. And those kids are now adults now getting drafted. And it's not stopping. I mean, these kids, every single class that's going to come into the NBA from here on out. Is going to be one of the more talented classes that we've ever seen. And it's just going to keep getting more and more. So, when do we give Seattle the team back? When do we give Las Vegas a team? Like, at what point, how quickly are we going to be forced into expansion here? I, I hope not for a while. Obviously, I want more so
0: than anything, if the NBA is going to expand, I want it to be Seattle. But, like, I just don't. Seattle should have a team. Vegas should have a team. That's just, that's just my personal opinion. Like, I don't want. I don't want to see the league get a little bit diluted like how it did with the last expansion. Well, not the last expansion, but, you know, in the, in the 90s with Toronto and Vancouver. Like, I don't want that to happen. Let's just enjoy this for the next couple of years. And if it gets so bad, you know, where there's just like I, I, I'm not there yet with uh, <laughs> I'm not there yet with Peyton Pritchard could be starting on multiple teams in the NBA. Like, no, I, I I'm not there yet. I think the, the depth is going to keep getting better and better. And if, you know, there's a, there's a time where, Hey, there's just way too much talent. The money's right. The timing's right. We need to expand. Yes. But I would hate for that to happen in the next like two to three years. And then we're just kind of back to, uh, here we go again, superstars teaming up, no disrespect to you either, but here we go Cavs and warriors for the next five years. Or, you know, we have this run of LeBron going to nine straight finals, playing in the San Antonios, the Golden States, because the, the the rest of the teams just can't keep up. Like I, I'm I'm already, well, obviously, because I'm one, two, three Cancun, maybe you'll join Mikey <laughs> and I on the, on the banana boat. We'll have, we'll have room for you. But like, I'm already looking forward to some of these teams next year, like Orlando, like, is Detroit going to get Scoot Henderson or, or Wemben right? Like how are these teams going to, that had so much promise going to, take another step forward. You know, what is Ime's? We, we talked about Ime Odoka. What's his mark going to be on Houston? Is James yeah. Harden going to go to Houston? Is, you know, Jalen Green potentially going to be traded? Like, I just think there's a lot of storylines. Like, personally, like, if, <laughs> I don't really care who I piss off, but like, if the NBA wants to do right, like, sorry, Clippers, move the Clippers to Seattle. I know Ballmer is building this big stadium. I know it's not going to happen. There's probably a 2% chance, probably lower than that if it happened. But if we really want basketball in Seattle, put the Clippers there. And let's just ride this thing up. Why does LA need two teams? No one cares about the Clippers in LA. Maybe, Adler, if the Clippers move, it breaks the Clippers' curse. I don't know. (laughs) But, like, like, that's what I would – at least now, right? Now, if you're telling me, like, eight years down the line, hey, dude, the NBA is just – the G League is way too competitive – the, the the other NBA teams are way too competitive. All right, man. Then 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 I think it's time. But does Charlotte need a franchise? I mean, really, really? I, mean, I the Charlotte Hornets. The last time they were good, man, was Larry Johnson, Alonzo Mourning, and Muggsy Bokes. I, I know Baron Davis is there for for a short little stint, but like, I, I think there's plenty of other ways that they can go. And I would hate like obviously. I know Mikey probably is just foaming at the mouth right now. Cause he never wants to see a, a, a team get moved and and lose its fans like that after what happened to him. But like, I, I want to see this parody thing last a couple more years before we get to that point.
1: Yeah. I, I'm with you on that. And you know, by the way, uh, Charlotte was had a winning record last year before Miles Bridges decided to, you know, become a borderline oh, yeah. villain. Shout out to so Gordon just Hayward. Just throwing that out. You know, there was a little bit of momentum there, but I do hear you. There is, there are seriously franchises that year after year after year just show just pure ineptness. Um, just to go back on, uh, <laughs> just to go back on what we we're talking about with the play in. Uh, Producer Brett brought up a great point that I think a lot of other people are are saying as well that I'm fully on board with. But let the number one seed pick who they play. Let them pick who they play, um, and I think that solves a lot of these kind of first round upset issues moving forward. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Mikey is
0: not happy that Alan just called. Not happy at all. That's producer Mikey. God damn
1: it. <laughs> Anyways, um, I think Wimby's going to change a lot of things, in, 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 especially when you talk about the parody of everything. I think whoever gets Windy, I think it completely changes the the direction of the NBA here. Um, and we're having a little bit of fun with this, but like, is there a player you're saying no to for Wimby? Like, if Portland, if Portland gets Wimby and Yana, could Dame literally say, "You go get Giannis now"? Milwaukee. Wait, do you wait, want wait, Wimby? wait, I'm sorry, I'm sorry.
0: Say, say, say that. Golden
1: State. Do you want Wimby?
0: Wait, wait, say, say, say that. Then.
1: So what I'm saying is, is Wimby's going to come in as probably one of the most valuable assets that we have in the entire league. He's going to change the trajectory of the way the league goes, depending on who picks him. So if you have a team that wants to win now but is in the lottery, like a Portland Trailblazer, and they get Wimbanyama, I mean, is there anyone <laughs> that is saying no to Victor? Is there? I mean, is there a single player that's off limits if Dame goes? We have the number one pick. I want you to go give it to them so we get this. Guy I don't back. think. I don't think Milwaukee would, is is trading out. I think there's a couple players. That that you would say no to.
0: I th- I think Jokic is one, Giannis is one, I think Steph is one. Um oh, you kinda of put me on the spot there.
1: I, I don't mean to put you on the spot. I'm 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 Luka purely Luca has so gotta be in there. Whoever gets him has the ability to change the course of the league, depending on where he goes. Yeah, but yeah, but he's still so if he goes to Charlotte, we're not sitting here going, Charlotte's some sad-ass fucking franchise anymore. We're going Charlotte is a borderline six seed next year.
0: Five oh, seed. I don't know so if they're seed. a
1: borderline six seed next year with
0: Juan What well, one manana is, is good, as good as the hype is, as good as the mixtape videos is. He He's still an unknown, and we don't know how he's going to play against NBA competition. I, I know your boy, Wendy, is very, very excited about Juan manana. I I know that, but like <laughs> – we knew LeBron was going to be good. I don't know if we knew that LeBron was going to be one of the greatest or the greatest of all time, but we knew LeBron was going to be good. He had an NBA body. He was good to go. <clears throat> I still think there's a lot of question marks with Wemben We've never seen someone this tall with that frame hold up. Can his body hold up? Is he going to get bigger? You know, It's kind of similar to Chet a little bit. Lo and behold, Chet gets hurt right away. Yeah. We'll see what happens. I I would say, though, I mean, do you – I think the four that – automatically say no, don't even pick up the phone, is is Jokic, Giannis, Luca, Steph. Is Phoenix
1: giving up KD? Phoenix might give up KD. Phoenix might give up KD. They might give up KD. Now they wouldn't need to. That would never be a a reality. That wouldn't
0: happen. there, There is a name that just popped into my head. What about Tatum?
1: <laughs> oh, ooh, no, no, Tate, no, but that's a fun. Are conversation. You sure? To have. Are you sure? Yeah, I'm. I'm sure on that one. When you it's have it's a, just, that, when you just have yeah, a combination two in, of
0: two years. The Boston Celtics potentially could be paying Tatum and Jalen Brown five hundred and eighty-five, roughly. Yeah, right, five hundred and eighty-five million dollars per year for both of those guys for just two. You players. get rid of a uh, Jalen at that point, then. Biden's I said Tatum is kept at all
1: costs. I'm just saying. I'm
0: it's just a saying.
1: It's a great conversation. I think that's why we're having it. But I, I you know, man. Tatum can't go. When you have a when you have a, a perennial all NBA guy who is still twenty five and under, you don't let that go. That's why Luke is off limits. That's why Steph is such a rarity because he's he's off limits at 35. But I think Tatum's on the short list. Uh, short list of you say no. But you know what, though? You still take that call. You still you're, answer it. Okay, you're, you're definitely taking the
0: call. The other four they are not the even call. answering the phone. Tatum, you, you take the call and you definitely weigh it. You, it. That's a phone call where Brad Stevens goes, he thinks about it for probably a day, and then comes
1: back and goes, I'll give you Jalen. <laughs> yeah.
0: I'll give you, you Jalen uh, and Marcus and Smart.
1: Richard. Yeah, Dave could Richard- on your team. Couldn't you imagine Pritchard with Wimby? He'd
0: be great. Oh, God. Peyton Pritchard, Hall of Famer, man. He can start on half the league. Oh, my God, dude. And on the other half, dude, he'd get real rotation minutes because the Boston Celtics are so fucking deep, yet they only play like
1: seven guys. So deep. 27 other, or 29 other teams. Bobby Portis could start on 29 other teams. You could just, I want the team, I want to make up the team of the guys who could start on 29 other teams. I think that would be a fun expansion team right there. It would be a fun. Bobby Portis, team. Peyton Pritchard, like Shoot. Malcolm Brogdon.
0: Oh yeah, Malcolm Brogdon, Malcolm Brogdon. That's that's for sure. If Malcolm Brogdon was starting and playing starters' minutes over under, he plays fifty five games. Under. Yeah. No. Shit. Hard under. No, no. Hard under. No. No shit, dude. Like it's. <laughs> yeah, bro. I mean, did you know that Jordan Poole could also come off the bench for twenty nine other teams? I don't know
1: if you knew that, man. For sure. Highest dude. paid bench player of all time.
0: Highest paid bench player of all time.
1: I'm, I'm leg- league, look, I, I know that we're wrapping up soon here, but legitimately, going back to the Warriors here, unless they win another finals, and we talked about this on the last pod, I'm not certain with JP's future. I'm not certain with j future. And I think it's finals or bust it, when it comes down to how those two dudes are viewed moving forward. Let me ask you this. Let me ask you this then.
0: Which team currently playing, obviously, has the most pressure... To win the NBA finals this season. Boston. Boston. Who's number Boston, two? Hands down.
1: Who's number two? Yeah. Lakers. I'd say Denver. I think Denver, I think, I think they're very I think they're very similar. And I think it's for different reasons. With the Lakers, you expect finals, you expect championships. When you have LeBron and AD, that's what you're expecting. So it's anything less than that is a failure. With Denver, I hear what you're saying just because it's like it's so pent up. They've been waiting for it for so long. They had the injuries last year. You come off the momentum of the bubble and what they did there. You know, Murray tears his ACL. Um, I believe that was like midway through the next year or something like that. Basically, I get your point with Denver, but from a national perspective, Denver's already, by Denver making the conference finals, they've had a successful season. It's not the season they want, but it's the same argument as Sacramento. By Sacramento making the first round of the playoffs, even though they lost, it's a successful season. The Lakers, you got to win the finals. You have to. And I think if the dubs don't win the finals last year, they're in that conversation as well. I think just like with 21 with Milwaukee, 22 has given the Warriors a lot of leeway when it comes to criticisms and pressure moving forward.
0: I think that the team that has the least amount of pressure is the Miami Heat.
1: Absolutely, and they're playing like it.
0: Yeah, dude, it's, it, I, I still can't get over that. I think the Knicks are there too. no matter The Knicks are similar to the Kings. No matter what happens now, they're on house money. They don't they they, not only do they make they crush Cleveland, that's another team. They're gonna have a Cleveland Cavaliers, man, that's an interesting offseason for them.
1: Yeah, they're gonna have some. I mean, I don't even know if they're gonna have big decisions because all four of those key guys are locked up for a while. But man, you can't I, I think I think you're gonna see JB gone. I think you're going to see an entirely new coaching staff in there. No, man, they said that he's coming back. They said he's coming back already. Yeah, we got a, we got a lot of time to figure that out. You yeah, know, There's like a lot that. of emotions you ride at the end of the season that, you know, they just kind of want to say the right things. Maybe they're just trying to have their guys back. Who knows? But when you get down to the actual decision-making, I think you're going to see JB gone. And it's like, here's the one thing, is I keep hearing these things with Cleveland of like, oh, they need a secondary scorer. They need a guy behind Donovan. And it's like, wasn't that what Donovan was supposed to be? Wasn't it that Garland? needed a secondary playmaker and a secondary score to help him because he got shut down in the playoffs so you go out and you get donovan he's got an all nba type season he does everything you want him to offensively and now you're going to sit there and say the same exact thing they need a secondary playmaker a secondary score like what what happened with that like what they already went out and spent the bank on what everyone said they needed and now everyone's saying they need the same exact thing how about how about Mobley step it up offensively? How about Jared oh. Allen step it up offensively? How about Garland step it up offensively? Oh, Bill As Cee- I, is his guy. That's his guy. I, I'm just saying, man, Garland's awesome. I'm not like shitting on him at all. Like he, he's a great player to root for and to watch and everything. But I watched a couple of those games in the playoffs and he is too small. He gets shut down and he has these little spurts and these little moments where you're like, oh, there's old Darius. But it's not sustainable. It is not sustainable. He's too small. He's going to have to figure something out. I don't know if it's an man, external promotion that they have. I think it's an internal promotion that they need. I just think, man, and I think there's some meat on the
0: bone there. You know, Donovan Mitchell wanted to go to New York. New York doesn't make the trade for him. And New York just beats him in five. That's got to be satisfying. Beats him in five. No problem. No questions asked. Hey, man, you want to come play for the Knicks? Dude, we'll sign you in free agency because we ain't giving up shit. Let's
1: go, baby. It's going to be uh, – I, I, I said this on the last pod too, and I, I mean it. Um, outside it, like, you know, the bubble has an argument, but this might be the best playoffs we've ever seen. It might be, man.
0: I got to ask, I got to ask one more question before we get out of here. Mikey, please don't kill me. Is Dame Lillard a Portland trailblazer by the time
1: training camp comes around? Give me your answer, Adler. You know, I, I think that again, it depends on where the blazers get this draft pick. If they get number one, I think Dame has to give it another year. I don't think you can get the best, you know, the best NBA prospect in the last 20 years and not say, let me see what one year is like, or going back to what we were talking about before. Hey, I'm Damian Lillard. We just got the best trade value prospect that we could ever get. If you want me to be a blazer, because I've been loyal and I have stuck with you when you've done me dirty on the roster, you need to go trade Victor right now and go get me uh, a whoever you want to say, a Tatum, a Giannis, whatever you want to argue, whatever that conversation is. Any other player than that, though? I don't think Dame's there. I think if
0: you think if, it's one of the plus. Blazers,
1: I don't think they have enough. I mean, could could they do some package where it's Anthony, um, you know, another little filler salary and five first round draft picks for a some secondary star? Who is that guy? I don't think that guy is available right now. So if you're Dame, who are you bringing in with the assets that you have? And because of that, and because of how clearly sick of the situation that he is, man, why can't OKC go get him? That'd be a Why can't OKC, I mean, OKC is the player of the century this offseason. This is what they've been building up for. I mean, I don't know how many more picks they need to draft. You're at a point now where you're going, we have money in the closet. Let's start spending it. We have shy, Shay, whatever you want to say. You know, you have you have the chat. We just made the, the play in. We're clearly progressing each and every year. We are fucking serious about this. Dame, come play. I like it. I like it. I don't know. That's my only thing. Yes. I don't you, think Mike, we're, doing some,
0: we're doing some Dame trade talk because we're bouncing around the NBA and we're having fun. We're having We're having fucking fun. That's what we're doing. But hey, we're going to get out of here. Adler, this is great as always. You know what, man? We're going to have you on once a week. The, the, hey! The, the pods that Brun on, we're, we're going to have you on once a week. We, we've been kind of talking about it. I want to get you to do a once a week Warriors podcast. But you and I, maybe we'll do every Monday. We'll come in. We'll recap the weekend. We'll kind of preview the week.
1: That's what we're doing. I'm
0: here that's for one. it. Maybe
1: we can do a little life advice, you know, answer a couple questions, you know, make sure these people got their life head in the right direction. But I'm here for it. I've always listened to the pod. I've always loved the pod. Obviously, I've been in the group for the entirety of its inception. and um, I'm just excited to be a part of it.
0: well, it's it's really great. You know, life advice is a great original idea. I don't know of any other podcast that's doing that right now. We can even change Mikey's name to Kyle because I just feels like that goes with it. Again, completely original idea. Nobody else has ever thought of this before. I'm kind of digging it. I'm kind of digging it. Yeah. Okay. He's frozen again. That damn dog. All right. For myself, Adler, producer Mikey. Yo, appreciate you guys listening. We'll talk to you guys later. Great podcast. We'll see you guys soon. Peace.